Welcome to another episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today we're talking about Cisco AI with Cisco Fellow, aka the cool kid, JP Vassor, and Cisco Champion hosts, Shai Silberman and Peter Jan Nefkins. We're going to have JP introduce the topic in a little more detail, but before we get to that, we're going to go through a quick round of introductions. I'll start off. I'm Amy Lee San Juan, Amy Lee San One on Twitter, and I'm on the Cisco product marketing team, tasked with bringing all of our wonderful experts and Cisco champions together to bring you new episodes every Monday. Okay, JP, we'll start off with you. Can you introduce yourself and what it is you do at Cisco? Yes, Emily, very happy to be with you. It's uh, it's always a, a great pleasure. Um, so what I'm doing at Cisco is, um, is, of course, a good question. I'm here to lead uh, multiple innovation tracks, one of which being machine learning AI and how we're using machine AI in the internet, how we can use that kind of technology to leverage many new products. So that's basically what I'm doing in 30 seconds, and we're going to have a lot of cool stuff to talk to you about today with Shai and Peter. Yeah, well, with that, next up, Shai. I'm Shai Silberman. I'm the Director of Network Services at San Jose State University. Uh, my Twitter handle is S-H-A-I-D-O-M. Uh, and I'm very excited about this topic as well because we've been uh, using AI and ML uh, to manage uh, our network with uh, some very good success. Great. Peter, last, not but, last but not least. Hey, my name is Peter Nefkens. I'm from Holland. I'm a Cisco champion since 2017, working as an independent consultant, contractor, uh, written a book on IBM, uh, and my Twitter handle is PJNF. Okay. JP, you didn't call it a Twitter handle. Do you have one? I do. That's JP Vassar. Thank you for the reminder, Emily. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me there. I do post uh, news from time to time. Okay. All right. Well, can you set the conversation up? You talked about uh, AI a, a little bit, but what are we talking about today? What's what's our goal during this conversation? Yes. yes. And thank you for starting with that question, because, you know, the term AI is is very much overloaded. And uh, because, you know, it turns out to be sometimes a buzzword with a lot of noise around AI. So one way to introduce AI is probably, you know, first of all, what I would love to do um, is to walk you through the journey of Cisco, because we're not always known as a company that has done a lot of work in AI ML, and we've done a lot of things. So instead of, you know, walking you through that journey, explaining the technology, I would rather show you what we have shipped in terms of products, because that's our vision at Cisco. We're not doing ML AI for the sake of a technology, but for what it can bring. And that's Already what Shai said in the introduction, but we'll have more discussion about that. So we started off about 10 years ago. Uh, we looked at that because at the time we were doing some IoT um, you know, work and basically the machine learning was the, the, the obvious solution to the problems. We had to ship too many, too much data over the in the cloud and do the training and all those things. So we started to look at that and that was very successful. So the next step was, hey, what else can we do with ML, machine learning AI? And uh, the next step was really about security. And so we looked at how we could use machine learning AI to detect some exfiltration and, and we have a lot of technology at Cisco around machine learning AI for security, obviously. And in 2016, we looked at what we could do for the enterprise. And uh, we spent about three years building a brand new 
machine learning platform supporting a brand, a, a wide range of use cases, not the least of which is wireless. And of course, we have other cool stuff to tell you about today, uh, new innovation coming up, because it has been a journey so far. Um, one way to introduce uh, the topic of machine learning is that we are over pragmatic engineers. We love the technology, but again, not for the sake of the technology, but what you can do with it. And people need to be a little bit careful because it could be another kill sometimes. But, you know, after 10 years working on, on machine learning AI, we sort of know where we can apply it and how it could bring a lot of value to the beautiful network industry we are in. And I'm sure Shai will, will uh, shine in, obviously, and Peter, we can have a really nice discussion about why ML, why AI. Um, and to be honest, I would just say last word, because otherwise that won't be a discussion. Um, but being over pragmatic, what it means is that you need to look at the trade-off between the benefit what it can bring in terms of new solution and the cost of doing it in terms of complexity, ease of um, you know, deployment and all those things. So we're mostly using machine learning, which is a subset of artificial intelligence. So you want to know more? <laughs> I guess so, right? Yes, you do. So um, with that, um, Shai, do you, uh, you want to talk a little bit about this with us? Because you've been such an amazing um, a customer for Cisco, helping us, providing some guidance, doing some experiment with us from the day one, right. I would say. So uh, yes, I mean, so uh, what we've been doing is uh, we started uh, using AI. Uh, I think probably about two years ago, uh, in the early stages of uh, uh, of the efforts integrating AI into DNA Center, and within DNA Center, uh, we started. Uh, I, attaching that into the assurance module and really trying to see uh, how we can, uh, using all of the information from inside of uh, assurance for wireless, uh, being able to pull out, uh, build baselines and being able to pull out uh, uh, abnormalities that we needed to investigate. Um, and one of the things that we very quickly saw is that uh, even though we were getting a lot of alerts, for example, out of DNA Center, when we started to apply AI and ML uh, to the same data set, we started being able to see that I didn't get very many alerts, but the alerts that we're generating from AI uh, were very well founded and were more likely than not uh, issues that we really needed to address and we could address uh, at the same time. And I think this is a spot on Shai because what you're saying about the, the, the noise is a huge issue. We know that if we raise too many alarms, nobody is paying attention to that. So back to your point, I mean, your first question, which was why are we using ML? Um, you sort of um, started with that, which is, I think, a great question. In this case, what I would say is that it was the ability to learn. And what I mean by learning is that we see so many different environments, right? We see we have small networks, very complex networks, like the one of, uh, you know, in San Jose um, University. There's how many devices do you have in your network, Chai? You know, hundreds of thousands. Uh, correct. Right? Yeah. So it's a huge number. So what do you do? What do you need to do if you want to troubleshoot wireless, which is of course a complex technology, amazing technology, but complex as well. You want to train some machine learning models that are capable of understanding what is normal and only raise an alarm when there's something abnormal based on the learning. And that's a key. Uh, 
if you want to monitor the CPU of a router, uh, do you need a machine learning to do that? Probably not. Now, if you want to understand if the throughput, the average throughput that you get considering the noise in the building, the number of users, the application being used and all those things, you cannot come up with a static rule that will do the job. You need to learn. And that's really the main outcome, I believe, and one of the main advantages of machine learning. Peter, what do you think? Yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm thinking and I'm listening, and I think it's good to validate, uh, because that question popped into my mind, um, that the AI or the assurance part in DNA Center is also running AI network learning, or at least the models for assurance locally. So even without that cloud connection with uh, what we're hopefully going to talk about too in the for the coming DNA Center release and the current DNA Center release, is that already from day one that assurance part has so much capabilities in learning and determining with those model-based alerts that I even have a colleague that says, I, can, I cannot solve specific issues without assurance anymore. And that just provides the, that, that's exactly the feedback what I've been hearing. Assurance is giving you so much visibility in wireless. But there's always a catch. Um, one experience that I know from, uh, from a fellow uh, high school in, uh, in the Holland is they, they tend to have alerts on their wireless health every Monday till Friday morning at 7 a.m. And the reason behind that is that they have Edurome. Uh, Shine might know about it. It's a, it's a roaming environment for students. And they live, their, their headquarters is near a train station. So every morning, all the students entering the train, well, obviously not with COVID, they actually try to roam into that building. And because they're far away, the wireless health is obviously low. And that's where every situation is actually going to be unique. So you still have those machine learning or those basic models. Yes. But how can you or can you um, adapt them or adopt them to your specific environment? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great point. And I don't believe that we can learn everything. For example, you know, the famous um, example of a Black Friday, when people say, can you predict what will happen on Black Friday? Well, you need first to see many Black Fridays before you can do that. Uh, so in your case, absolutely, you should expect the model to start detecting some seasonal issue every, every Monday, for example, right? Yeah. So that's, um, that's typically, but you need to see many examples of what's happening on a Friday or on a Monday. We, we do see that example of seasonality in other areas, by the way, uh, you know, especially on the internet. We are very much aware of seasonal facts and that's where exactly where machine learning can help to say, okay, uh, considering your environment, here is what I'm learning. And I will stop telling you every Friday that you, you see the same issue all of the, you know, all the time. We have the same issue with, um, right, P, uh, Shai, or in universities when all the kids go to, you know, uh, for the summer break, um, the environment does change and we need to adapt. Right. So, I mean, and we, and we see the adoptions uh, take, taking place in, in the utilization patterns because it's constantly relearning and reforecasting this based on a, on a two-week window. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. You know, what will be interesting, and I don't know, Peter and Shai, if you want to say a few words about multi-domain, because for us at Cisco, that's something that is very important. And we know that when you look at the issues we've seen in the wireless domain, 
in many cases, it's not due to wireless, but people complain, right? They say, oh, you know, I'm connected to wireless, there's a wireless issue. But it turns out that the root cause was outside of a wireless domain, which we're already doing in DNA, for example, today. Um, but we want to go further because we've got machine learning in SD-WAN, in data center. How, do you, how important is it for you to look at multi-domain for I, machine I, learning? Do you want to say I, I think it's, it's very important multi-domain because kind of like you said, I mean, we can't just look at a single aspect of just the RF and, and signal strength. Uh, I think we have to uh, look at, I mean, as we already do, we're starting to look at the onboarding times. We're starting to look at the DHCP time, uh, how long it takes to get an address, how long uh, uh, it takes the authentication system to respond. <clears throat> and all those uh, type of um, uh, different dimensions as you kind of pull them or, or multi-domains, uh, helps us pull it together. Uh, I think the next step is also to integrate into it, for example, is the network bandwidth into the building uh, sufficient? Meaning, is this, is this actually a wireless issue or is it some of the supporting technologies? Yes, or is that cloud application failing because that cloud has a, has a problem? Uh, because we, as, as always, most usually, usually the, the network is the cost number one. It's always the network and we have to prove it is not. And the network infrastructure, it's just a utility uh, for a lot of people like running water or electricity, but it, um, it, it contains so much more technology uh, that needs to work together as a foundation in order for anybody to use that. So yes, absolutely, that multi-domain or that broader perspective taking into account those required technologies, but also outside the box thinking, I think that would be a, a great next step. Uh, because mm -hmm. we are all connected, more and more devices are getting to the network. I mean, if I look at my desk, I'm running already like six, seven devices on my wireless network, and I'm for me alone. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think also, yeah. I mean, there's a, this whole new domain that we're integrating, which is security. Uh, yes. I mean, because oh, yeah, yeah. more and more we're, we're sort of saying security can't be an afterthought. It has to be part of the initial design and part of how we manage things. Yes. I would say it should not be integrated, it should be embedded. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's and a different know, discussion. That, exactly. And that gave me the opportunity, by the way, to talk a little bit about what's coming in our journey. Because we talked about Cisco AI network analytics. We are announcing today the Cisco AI endpoint analytics. And so maybe I can spend one or two minutes and you guys can chime in and tell me what you think about this. But here is what we want to do. We know that many of our customers listening probably right now, um, they want to do a good job at classifying the device type. So when a new device is joining the network, uh, we can use many probes to figure out the type of device. So today, most of uh, the vendors in the industry, they're using the OUI, the user agent, and DHCP, and stuff like that. And, you know, if you can recognize the device type, you can assign a policy and say, oh, it is a printer. Here is what I can do with that. But still, we do see many networks where you still have a fairly non-negligible percentage of devices that cannot be classified because we see more and more IoT devices, for example. Um, and so that was an issue we started to work on about 18 months ago. And that's an ideal um, use case for me for machine learning because you, can, you cannot really cover the whole spectrum with the rule. So here's what we've, we did. First of all, 
Thanks to DNA, we have access to many types of information. The probe coming from ice, we can do also DPAC inspection with SDAVC, we can do NetFlow, we can do a lot of things. So we thought, how could we use ML to ease the task of recognizing and also improving the percentage of, of devices for which we know the device type? So the way it works, let me explain in a few minutes, that's very simple to explain. What you have to do today, when you have a huge number of devices on the network, even if you have 10% of a known device, device types, what we do, we cluster. So we use the machine learning um, algorithm to group together devices that we know are similar. So instead of going, suppose that you've got 10,000 unknown devices, what you would do, you would basically machine learning would say, look, indeed, there are 10,000 unknown devices, but there are only 37 types of unknown devices. In other words, we group together in clusters devices for which we say to a user, we don't know what it is, but this is one type of device. Then we will give you some contextual information, potentially about the breakdown of application being used by these devices. Down the road, we can include um, DNA spaces as well for the location tracking, all these things. And then the user can say, ah, wait a minute, I know exactly what it is. And I'm going to give you the device type. Then what we do, automatically we generate the rule. And the rule is being pushed, and then you cut down the percentage of unknown devices. So it's a very nice way to uh, automate the task, if you will. And that's a good example where ML can, can, can help. And I believe, Shai, that you, you started to look into it, right, on your network. I don't know if you have any... Uh, oh, oh correct. So we uh, we started uh, uh, looking with the endpoint analytics w with AI, and we've been able to uh, import and bring into a DNA Center from ICE uh, a massive uh, number of devices. And what we see is not just when the information information from ICE, but uh, when you're using like the new catalyst switches, like the 9300s, and we have the DPI, we're able to uh, extrapolate just amazing amount of information about it. Uh, and also, uh, for example, we have the ability uh, and the visibility now uh, as you're trying to do uh, AI suggestions to actually group and see exactly what version of, uh, for example, of Android you're running. I mean, because we see a lot of variations with a lot of Android embedded Linux. Uh, and, and just there, the, the, the amount of detection and what we see happening uh, is just uh, something we've never had before, at least not with such ease. But you do have to be careful, right? I mean, AI is only based on the machine and the quality of the model and how the model has been trained. And the quality of the data. Um, and obviously the quality yes. of the data. So how how trustworthy is it? Um, yes. I'm, I'm being a bit careful with AI. Uh, I, I, some, I mean, I've seen a couple of examples with image recognition with AI. And there are a lot of images out there of a banana with a barcode sticker on it and suddenly AI thinks it's a toaster instead of a banana, uh, which is a good example of, of we're still, uh, I think, in the infancy or, or a, small, a small child or a toddler doing AI, in my, yes. in my personal so, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter, I'll give you the example. So it's not so much about AI saying, here's what this device is. It's about clustering and saying, it looks like all these devices are alike. 
and you know and should be classified as a single thing and that's when it's using the learning at what we do as users to kind of help build confidence that the model is, is working or not but i still have to to go through and say hey look at these devices these are kind of unique and interesting and i can go research them and then say yeah and now i can classify as these iot devices uh which are a little bit off the yep. uh, you know off to the side Yes, and that's good, but that's because you're aware of what AI uh, can do and cannot do. So it's a suggestion. And that, ah, that, that's my wait. carefulness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I love that because that's where it's going to be. The discussion can be a bit more heated. Uh, and I'm sure, Emily, you're going to love this. So for the people listening to that, let me give you a scoop, uh, Peter. <laughs> I'm also, the, you know, I'm also skeptical about sometimes what ML can do. And this is, I think, very healthy. So here is what we're going to do. And by the way, we need to, we, we cannot forget that the brain is making a lot of mistakes as well, right? And that's totally fine. So are we going to make mistakes? Absolutely. I can guarantee you. But what we are doing here is that you can, we can suggest you. So as Shai said, we will cluster the devices together and say, you know what, these guys, they are of the same type. And we propose you a rule. And... If you look at the rule and you say, you know what, I don't like this rule. The, the rule doesn't make any sense to me. You can decline it. And this is a very good feedback that the engine will get so that we can do retraining, we can improve the accuracy, you know, thing like that. So it's not a sort of one, you know, one shot kind of training. We keep retraining, we keep improving. And that's how I see the life cycle of a product, right? So we keep monitoring that. As Shai said, we look at the quality of the data as well. And over time, the machine is capable of learning from its own mistake, which is also something you would expect from human, right? But it's not always the case. We know that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> some, some humans make uh, mistakes and uh, conform them and try to learn yes. from them. Yes, some <laughs> of them. You're right. And that I'm, I'm with you, you know? We make mistakes. As long as we know we make mistakes and we recognize mistakes and we don't do it twice, I yes, think that's totally the, fine, right? <laughs> the history with computers was always, and, that, and that's why I'm a, a bit concerned or careful, a computer yes. was always true or false. It was always yes. a binary system. Yes. And now with AI and machine learning and the hype being around it, it has become uh, 50 shades of grayness between true and false <laughs> yeah but you know and i would i won't go along the lines of a 50 shade or whatever but but still what i would say and i agree with you heartedly is we always add a feedback loop yes. in the system so for example we add it in wireless as you know you have a thumbs up thumbs down and you can say to the system hey don't show me this anomaly again because i think you're wrong that's okay we do the same thing with um um, you know, this, the system we're talking about today, where you say the rule doesn't make any sense to me and we learn. What's coming next, which is a fascinating topic to me, so, you know, maybe the third topic that we could discuss today is about automation. We believe, for example, that down the road, we could start to use ML to react automatically. And for me, the reason why this is so fascinating is that <laughs> when do you start trusting the system? And the system can really start acting and change path in the internet and all those things. And so that's why when we, we think about next generation ML, for me, we have to have a way to trust the system, to check the quality, and slowly but surely, 
you know, we give more freedom to the system to do automation, you know, thing like that. I don't yeah. know if you guys think this is a good approach. I, th I think it's a good approach, but we should take Isaac Asimov's five rules back up and being more active about them. Mm -hmm. the, the five rules for robots with machine learning, it might actually become very actual. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, don't, don't ever kill a human being. That's one of the rules. Uh, don't hurt another robot. I think those were two of the yeah. five. I don't know them by heart, by the way. It's been way too long ago before that I read that book. But uh, yeah, I think automation can be there. But again, uh, don't don't get me wrong. I'm I'm in favor of AI machine learning. Oh yeah, it really helps you getting into management by exception. The the, the amount of data that we are now seeing and the the, the amount. I mean, Shai has one hundred thousand uh, endpoints. I think the network that I'm working with um, uh, in in one of my jobs is also one hundred thousand plus endpoints uh yeah management yes. it really is a powerful thing but we need to be careful with the automation i mean suppose security ai says hey look uh, chuck robbins uh, is in japan and he's using an application i've never seen before i'm going to shut him down while he's just making a new deal hmm. be careful yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure that happens to you every day, right? I used to live in Alaska using my credit card on a Friday. I can tell you it was canceled, you know, 50% of the time to say, can it be this French guy spending money in Alaska uh, because it looks suspicious? So I know exactly what you mean. But I believe that we've learned a lot, you know. And what I would say as well, back to your point, Shai, about the quality of the data, Sometimes I've got people who say, hey, what is the algorithm that you guys are using? First of all, we're not using one, but many. Two, we spend more time on the data, curating the data, making sure that we, we, uh, we, we have a lot of diversity and quality in the data set. We have a, a, you know, a lot of um, machinery behind the scene doing that. And we're lucky at Cisco to have a high diversity of data set. And we've done that, you guys know that, but we've done that for Wireless looking at stadium, universities, uh, hospitals, uh, different kind of buildings, kind of traffic and patterns. And that's how we can improve over time. And, you know, having that access to this data, knowing what you can do, what you can't do, makes it, I think, fairly powerful for the future. So, so yes, spe uh, speaking uh, of the security, uh, JP, so uh, I know that uh, a lot of the uh, AI engines and efforts are happening in the Cisco cloud. Uh, but there's also uh, uh, kind of a move to do some on-prem AI versus in the cloud uh, for data uh, privacy and concerns. Uh, how would you rate the difference uh, with a Cisco AI ML when you're doing it in the cloud versus prem and any security concerns people may have? Yes, it's, a, it's an excellent question. So what I would say is that, first of all, we day one, you know, we started to look into this kind of issue. And as you know, uh, Peter, you are from Netherlands. Um, I live in France. Uh, we have a specific uh, country-based regulation in Europe with, and especially for GDPR in Europe as well. So what we are doing, by the way, even we, when we talk about the cloud, before exporting the data, we, ha we have to follow a very strict process so that we remove any privacy sensitive data, such as a MAC address, which as you know, is part of the identity in Germany, for example. So there's no MAC address, there's no user ID. Uh, we, we don't have a key, we cannot decrypt. Uh, Shai, you probably remember that when you and I were trying sometimes to give some demo, uh, even myself, you know, I, I cannot have access to a, 
the internal Cisco employees because of a privacy issue. So we're very strict about that. So what we export, to be honest, in the cloud are counters without, again, anything that is sensitive in any way, because that could become an issue. You're absolutely right. Still, we have some systems, um, and, and DNA is one of the examples where we have the ability to run things on-prem. So one approach might be to train the models in the cloud and push with a unidirectional mechanism the model on-prem so that you don't have to export any data. Now, we have to say that the cloud is, is uh, very useful when we start looking at machine learning models because, of course, um, we have high diversity, high volume of data. We can do root causing, you know, looking at multiple data sets and things like that. And we try, no, we don't try. Sorry, let me uh, step back for a minute. We make it fully anonymized so that there's no privacy issue. And we have a lot of white papers. So if you guys listening are interested, we have a lot of white papers. I'm happy to share showing how we're doing that because it's a prime concern. It, it's mandatory. Yes, and, and absolutely. GDPR is quite strict on that. So that's, that's Very. Really one of the things. But the unidirectional approach, that sounds quite tempting to me. It's it's almost like uh, what Cisco did in, uh, in the past with intrusion events and yes. the network reputation where I could opt in to send data back what my IPS was seeing. Uh, but I could always consume the network um, behavior and the, 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 um, the reputation of a an, of an, uh, network on the internet and say, well, that this IP address is so poor in reputation, I'm going to block by default. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And we could do the same principle with that AI machine learning. So you could actually consume that. And well, if you're large enough and you have security uh, as a prime with GDPR, um, you might even consider to do your uh, modeling or your machine learning uh, data processing on-prem. Yes, and, and you know, when when we talk about on-prem versus cloud, there's also another angle, which is that the training and the what we call the inference, which is where you're using machine learning model, um, we have multiple use cases. You know, some use cases where we do the training in the cloud and we use also the model in the cloud on anonymized data. And we have other use cases where we want to be at the edge of the network and we could still train the model in the cloud, but use it locally on-prem at the edge of a network because we have access to so much data, all of the data flowing, you don't need to send um, a bunch of telemetry to the cloud. And so there might be some really cool use cases where you want to do the inference, not the training, but the inference at the edge of a network. Yeah, so that's right. basically for computing. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yes, back to the far computing discussion. You're right. You're now, right. JP. Uh, and this... Sorry. Uh, yep. JP, so what are the different Please. ways that customers can consume the Cisco uh, AI and ML today or in the coming future? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. You know, first of all, for me, the thing that is super important is to make it extremely simple because otherwise that would defeat the whole purpose of using ML for... Um, scaling and stuff like that. So the way it's done today with uh, DNA uh, assurance, uh, the Cisco AI network analytics, is that you can onboard, you, you, you go through the, you, as long as you have the right license and you click on it, we start encrypting you know, the traffic, 
we, as we said before, were fully compliant with um, you know the privacy issues we sent to the cloud, and all of a sudden you start receiving some alarms that will tell you about the wireless network, and there's a little logo that says, "Hey, it's an AI uh, uh, alarms." Basically, we do real-time anomaly detection, we do long-term training, we do comparative analytics. There are many ways of doing that. So if you have DNA uh, assurance, very easy. You just it's just basically one click. You start onboarding, we you send us the data, we do the training, everything is done for your network, and you start seeing the alerts in your system. So extremely easy to do. Um, for the device classification uh, issue that we talked about, um, you know, for classification, that that's going to be the same principle. Once you have the you know the right licensing, we start uh, using machine learning here to do the training, the clustering, it's fully integrated in the UI. So it's, um, I'm glad you asked a question about the consumption because it's not a, a sort of on the side uh, product, it's fully integrated with DNA. It's just a question of one click to onboard. And for me, this is crucial. It has to be very easy to understand. You know, our first UI, you probably remember Shai, but, and Peter, we had a <laughs> chat two years ago about that, was, a bit convoluted, you know. We were trying to show the fanciness of the models. Now everything is gone because the UX is simple. People don't need to understand when they consume MLAI what is behind the scene. Yes, we have a lot of math. We love the math in my team, especially. But um, you don't need to understand that. So the way to consume it is simple. The way to enable it is simple, and then. We hope that the user experience is good enough because you see the band, the green band, showing what is normal when you are outside of a band. And in many cases, when I talk to customers, they said, oh, really, it's, it's in the mail stuff uh, because that was, you know, completely hidden. That's, that's how I see, you know, the evolution of the mail at Cisco, make it simple and with a high value. And we have many other stuff coming up, of course. Can't wait for that, to be honest. Good. You know what? I think that... We cannot yet disclose everything, and we still need to give to keep some hot topics for the next, uh, uh, you know, radio podcast, Emily. But uh, we are working on many other things, um, and maybe you know, I, I can say a few words about that. But one is the role of the application. We have to really uh, start looking at how to bundle the user experience with the network. We love the bits and bytes on the wire. But this is also a place where ML is playing a key role, which is to understand the user experience without some static SLA templates and all those things. So that's a topic, very hot topic in my team we've been looking at for a long time. Also, we've been working on SD-WAN, right? And I'm sure you guys are really hot on the topic of SD-WAN, right? Everybody wants to see what's coming next. We know that there's a lot of initiative, a lot of technologies. We've got at least two or three products coming up soon in terms of machine learning AI for SD-WAN, optimization of routing, predictive analytics, a lot of stuff are coming. And uh, this is just, um, I would say, the beginning of a journey. Uh, we've done a lot already, but uh, all of the pieces will start to line up. And I, I think that's going to be super exciting because it's going to be a parting shift. Seriously, I really believe so. And SD1 is a fantastic technology, but sometimes when you start to see the change of a traffic metrics in the internet, 
the fact that we see more and more usage of different kinds of transport, like MPLS, internet, 4G, soon 5G, and all those things, with many SaaS applications moving, uh, we need to do a lot of learning. And ML will play a fantastic role. So we have a lot more to talk about in the coming month. All right. Um, sounds like, sounds yeah. like we're going to be doing many more episodes with UJP. I'm looking forward uh, to it. I would it. love to do that. <laughs> I would love to do that. Awesome. Well, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I want to thank all of you for listening in today, and a special thank you to JP, Shai, and Peter for sharing your wonderful insights and hosting today's session. Click on the link provided in the podcast description to access the white paper JP referenced earlier uh, and continue your learning on Cisco AI and ML. Just a reminder, be sure to look for this episode and other episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TalkShoe, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. This is Amy Lee San Juan, signing off until next time, my friends.